Welcome to The Complete Musician, creativity at its core, exploring innovative musical ideas, thoughts, and techniques for the modern musician in today's society, with your hosts, James Nagus and Drew Phillips. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Complete Musician podcast, hosted by me and you. And me. You... You being him, not you being the listener, but you're part of it too. You him the being listener. me, as in Drew, <laughs> and you being you, as in... Wait, who's on first? Well, you haven't exactly said your name yet, but we could just make it's up a name for you. It's in the title somewhere. Yeah. Oh, no. What should well, my name be today? Um, let's see. We can call you like Ferdinand or something. Ferdinand. Okay. Well, I'll have to think of that. I'll have to say it several times so I can memorize my new name Ooh, good segue james <laughs> oh wait i thought i was ferdinand <laughs> oh, anyway yeah. I had this a... is the complete musician podcast and i interrupted you and you had a what uh oh i was just gonna say i said the word segue i had an english teacher once in high school who tried to convince our class that that word s-e-g-u-e was pronounced sieg and mm. i've never really understood where that came from but anyway so every time i say the word segue i think about that yeah the etymology of that word comes from the invention of that um thing you stand on with two wheels Mm -hmm. and it's just as confusing to write it as it is to say it and just as dangerous indeed (laughs) i've only ridden them like like once and it was i did not go very fast at all i was kind of i was terrified yeah, I think I rode one in Epcot. But anyway, we're getting beside the point here. Yes. Um, today's episode of the Complete Musician Podcast, we thought we'd talk about memorization. Just one topic for today, or at least one main topic for today. And it's something that has come up with both of us recently, but it's just one of those things, those, I guess, skills over time that should you do it? How do you do it? Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about. So... Uh, the reason why it came to my mind initially is because every year we have a concerto competition at the school, and uh, typically the requirement is that your music must be performed memorized. Now, there's exceptions that can be made, petitions that can be filled for pieces that have lots of notes, contemporary things, but for the most part, the long-standing tradition was that everyone memorized. Now, for piano and strings i think there's a much stronger tradition there but for brass the question is should we memorize is that reasonable and what do we do about it i think that with that topic it comes down to the tradition of well it comes to the literature choice as well like you said the contemporary stuff you could make a much bit like a bigger argument that we wouldn't or shouldn't have to use music but if it's standard concerti and things that we all play there can be an expectation right yeah so i guess we could take a step back and first let's just talk about the pros and cons of memorizing your music so let's start with and we can kind of just i guess popcorn around yeah one of the pros is it gets you out of the page and allows you to focus just on the musicality of it without being stifled by seeing ink. Right. And 
I think that you could also make the argument that at some point in any time that we're playing literature, we're basically memorizing to a degree anyway. Yeah, because right. we're not actually reading notes at some point. I mean, when we play, uh, when we play our runs that we have in Mozart two, we're not reading every little sixteenth note that we're playing on those E flat scales when we play them upwards. We're right. just letting our fingers do all the work. So you can already say that memorization is a big part of learning the piece anyway. But um, yes, going back to your point, I mean, that goes into, like you said, you're getting yourself away from the notes, the actual ink on the page, and you're making it more of a muscle memory thing rather than a literacy thing, which is always musically advantageous. Yeah. And actually, it's interesting that you bring up the fact that we kind of memorize anyway. Uh, if you really think about it, when you're reading music, you're reading the notes in the moment while also reading ahead, while also being able to skip across lines, while also, I mean, if we're doing we something like read, Mozart, right? we're transposing. Yeah. So we're not even reading the notes that are on the page. True. <laughs> so what what are we doing? <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like sight reading. Like you you see it once and then you I mean, good sight readers, we move ahead like we're constantly a measure or two measures ahead when we're sight reading. ahead. So what is the not like what is the point of literacy, but what is the importance of like reading at sight anyway? Right. Because you don't really do it when we perform. Anyway. Yeah. yeah um, memorizing 100 percent gets us into more of the sound rather than the sight and yes you know the the whole sound before um or the hearing before seeing principle huge educational philosophy that so many people have capitalized on and proves to be really really advantageous for for young students especially mm -hmm. yeah for sure especially when things are complex like complex rhythms it's much easier to learn that rope um and spit it back but um one advantage i can also think of that memorization is appearing in my life not only with the concerto competition because our school does the same thing in which it's encouraged to be memorized but you can make and, and we'll come back actually to whether or not we feel that's valid because right. I, I mean we both have thoughts about that i think there's right. a tricky balance but we'll, anyway. we'll come back to it other than that um in my life i'm coaching a trumpet quintet right now that is applying to or is preparing to audition for the national trumpet competition and that video has to be submitted in a couple months and it is from all of the groups that went into the semifinals and into the finals all of them had the ensembles had all their pieces memorized they use no music. And was that a requirement or was that, like you said, a suggestion? It was just suggested, but it's too much of a pattern to think, oh, this isn't, you know, like this isn't important. And, and going into that, uh, the memorization with a group will expand it is better for communication. And even if you're playing with a collaborative pianist, communication with a pianist is easier if you're not having to worry about, oh, I have to be so connected visually to the music on the stand. Mm -hmm. So it can be good for expressing your musical ideas to those you're playing with if you're not just by yourself. Then, you know, yeah, uh, right. memorization Chamber can music, be really helpful. Right. Yeah, so that, that can be an advantage there, although we don't see that often unless it's something like a competition. Although, I mean, groups like Canadian Brass perform, I mean, entire... They do both. I, they do both. But, I mean, yeah. you see lots of videos where they're not using music. 
And oh. I think it's because they have kind of a mobile nature to their performance. They mm-hmm. move around a lot. It would just be unpractical, impractical. To Unless be they fixed. had those wire stands, like <laughs> the, Can you the marching bands. Marching instruments yeah. and lyres. And... I want to see although... Jeff Nelson with his mellophone. Like, <laughs> marching they, although now like a lot of marching bands are doing iPhones. It's true. All of my kids now have those little digital yeah. like things. Yeah, they hook their their phone to it, and I'm like, what if your phone dies? What if you get a call? What if well, you accidentally you, you better have it, it memorized then. See, there there's another uh, pro for memorization. I would totally uh, answer the phone on the field. We're in the second movement right now. Call. I can't talk. Yeah, <laughs> I can't talk. Oh, and and also, I mean we just brought that up but marching band i mean marching band is a huge application of um of memorization i mean college marching band maybe not so much because they do have the liars and now they're doing like the foam stuff but dci absolutely Mm -hmm. not and high school marching band i don't know any high school marching band that goes to competition that doesn't march memorized completely and again, I think that just comes down to the practical nature of not having to flip music or have the ability to quickly change music all the time. And I say, I say this to my kids. And also, um, they have to watch where they're going. Also true. <laughs> oh yeah, they're much less spatially aware. You know that whole brain development thing. Um, <laughs> with uh, with the chamber groups again, or just groups of people, it's what I try to express to my trumpet quintet is that. You know, when you're not staring at something and so concerned with the notes in front of you, you can also focus focus more on motion and focus more on the physically connecting to the piece that you're playing. Like, I'm not a huge... I mean, I move when I play solo. I think I, it's fair to say I move more than you do. That's true. I don't move at all. And not, not some people... Are, Actually, I've seen some judging comments on things that say you should move once in a while, and I completely disagree with that. <laughs> I okay, I think in there's a limit. There's a limit. Um, I I definitely move more than you do, but I don't think it's outrageous. Um, I, there are some people we know that move outrageously, but I yeah. think when you're memorizing something or playing with like a chamber group. Or even marching band, I think that actually is a good strategy for if you're trying to memorize or even just trying to get out of the notes because you physically connect to something. And I think that's why people can do things like marching band and not forget all their music is because they're actually physically connecting a spot on the field or a motion with what they're about to do musically. That's right. Yeah, it's like with certain memorization of facts, you kind of compartmentalize or think mm-hmm. things in physical locations. That's, that's an interesting point. Yeah, um, so let, let's go to the opposite side, because I think ultimately this issue is not a binary issue. It's not an all or nothing. Right. So what would be a negative of memorization? The and fear. I know, oh, the fear yeah, of exactly. Forgetting. Like the, the fear, fear of, of 100 percent, like going blank. I have I've never experienced that y- yet, but I'm terrified. Like, this is funny. Like it. I keep referencing back to my quintet, (laughs) like, oh, I want to hear that. Like, I keep referencing back to the trumpet quintet, but I'm, they're totally confident. Like, oh, we can memorize this piece, this seven-minute piece, no big deal. Like, we've already got half of it memorized. Sometimes we play without music already, that kind of thing. I'm terrified for them. Like, when I sit in an audience and, like, listen to them play, I'm scared for them. Like, Mm -hmm. if they, if something crazy happened and, like, they panicked and like they went completely blank, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be like so 
I don't know, like panic adjacent to them because I'm like right, watching right. them. That is a huge, that's a huge fear of mine in any kind of memorization. Well, and if we put it under the context, let's just go back to the solo playing. So I think your points about chambered music are very valid. I'm sorry. That's I, just I like the context. That. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so um, as far as solo playing, though, like, and especially horn playing, because I think a lot of people that listen to horn players, oh, yeah. already we're tightrope walkers. We're acrobats <laughs> swinging, you know, across distances without a net. Right. Uh, <laughs> not having your music is just an extra stressor that could derail your focus. I think and I've had I mean back when I was younger and taking piano lessons this is like age 6 to 12 I had to do recitals memorized and it just as a younger student it made me hate performing yeah I can see that the the goal was to get through and remember all the notes without making a fool of yourself and not actually making music I think about when people are nervous anyway, like the first couple of times they performed. I, I never had any of my piano recitals memorized when I was younger. But when I remember performing my first recital when I was like a sophomore in undergrad, I was so nervous because I'd never really, I'd never played solo before. And I walked out on stage and I never really dealt with that kind of pressure before with my horn. And I remember thinking on stage like, I don't even know if I know how to make a sound on this instrument, <laughs> right? You know, like that, that yeah. kind of paralyzing fear. But I was like, okay, I have my music in front of me. At least I know what fingers I'm about to put down because I can see them. And I'm like thinking of so many things. And over time, you know, we all know, we learn how to deal with that anxiety. Mm-hmm. But at first, if you're thinking about like, okay, I just walked out on stage for the first time ever and i am hard like i can hardly remember how to stand and breathe <laughs> and now i have i to, don't even know where i am i don't even know like, my name what is my name yeah like <laughs> what is, what is this thing i'm holding i don't know how to connect it to my mouth anymore you like just got right. this sudden like paralyzing fear and if you have to play a piece of music it like it reminds me, if I were with piano, I'm so glad that we play with music. And although that's a huge imposition, like when we do our recitals because of page mm-hmm. turns. Um, I mean, we both like laughed about page turns before and the like many slaps that I have to do to turn my pages because <laughs> they're always terrible. Except now um, we're moving over to digital things, uh, no, which yeah. is uh, assuming the batteries don't die. Uh, as... Assuming I can coordinate with that left foot with my right on the pedal. And... You know, I would much rather deal with bad page turns than, you know, us playing a solo piece and I being like nervous about it or a little like having a little anxiety about, you know, my piano part, which always tend to be too hard. And I sit there and I go, I don't even know what key to start in. Oh, you know, yeah. like I, yeah. I, like we play something like, I don't know, Peregrination, I'd start it in F. Except it starts in B flat or something, or G or whatever the key is, and I'd start it somewhere so wrong. Actually, I had a piano teacher who told me that once. Um, she said that she was playing in one of her first recitals the first Mozart sonata in C, the da da di da da di dum, mm-hmm. and you know it starts in C, but it, it, later on it, it starts in F. Like after the development, she started <laughs> it in F. Oh, and she's like, it worked out for a little while. <laughs> and then it stopped oh, no. working and she's like and i had to stop and like 
restart and i'm like that is just a terrifying prospect <laughs> to well, be like I, I just started in the wrong key and that that's just a, a huge fear is like not only i don't even know what notes are here but like you start in the completely wrong place well i think we both heard performances of people who play something memorized get to that point of an impasse and literally can't restart or finish the piece oh and it's so and then nothing is worse horrifying. than that i feel so bad for them because yeah. I wouldn't even know what I'd do in that situation, and but and 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 relying like y- you can say that it should be you know muscle memory or whatever at that point, but but in some kind of pressure situation like a jury or a concerto competition or something that you're not just trying to already feel confident and musical and you're auditioning for something, then that that anxiety could take over and like you said you can't even finish because you're so worried about am I being so accurate instead of am I being so musical? Right. Yeah. Which then I think leads us to, in my opinion, what the solution is, which is the middle ground, which is performing with music with a sense of intimate knowledge of the piece where you could do it memorized, but you have the music there, which is, I think the best kind of scenario. I mean, we all want our students to learn and ourselves as we're learning pieces to know it inside and out, not to know your part, just your part, but also the accompaniment. So you're not counting. You just know when to play, right? So you know what the dialogue is. So, but yet that said, with the music there, you know that it'll be there to catch you if something happens. Have you ever performed anything on horn memorized? Uh, I think I must have. I, I do remember there was one part I was doing. It was at one of the Southeast workshop and I was playing this. It was the unaccompanied piece, the primary ignition mm-hmm. that was for the solo competition. Mm-hmm. And okay. It's like a minute long. I wrote the piece. So I'm like, technically I could do this memorized, but then I asked myself why, like, what am I trying to prove? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I played it with music and it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've Have only, you? I've only done it once, and it was at Iowa uh, when they were letting the conducting students conduct the orchestra for experience. They let anyone who wanted to play a concerto um, bring it oh, in yeah. and play I remember it. that. Yeah, and I did yeah. Mozart too. And it was – I wasn't really that nervous for it. I just remember – being like i'm just gonna i'm gonna try it memorized why not like it just who cares it was just for fun it was just in like our little orchestra room you know we met berlioz and you know so many other (laughs) happenings and i i just i decided i'd do it and i only had one flub and to this day that note still confuses me it's on the second page right before the end of the development um, you're outlining the uh, da, E flat C da da dum ba dee, da da dum ba yep. dee, da da dum. I couldn't remember whether I was supposed to play A flat or A. I went oh. C, E flat C, and I in that moment it seemed to stretch about four hundred years, and I was like, <laughs> I have no idea what fingers I'm about to put down. I have no. I was like in my mind, I was like, it's gonna make a sound. Am I gonna am I gonna play A flat? Am I gonna play A? And I think I ended I put down the fingers for A flat and then I realized like at the moment the note started, like nope, 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 and I immediately switched it to A. <laughs> like immediately. Oh I think it was the other way. I think it is an A flat, isn't it? 
And so maybe it was the other way around. Okay. Or maybe it was the other way around. Maybe I put it down for A. Yeah. See, I, think... I don't see. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I I really don't know anymore. So I have to now. Like at that moment, I would always want music to do Mozart yeah. to well, again. Goodness, because I was now I've Mozart. got a complex about it. <laughs> like, I would you... probably end up playing some amalgamation of of two, three, and four just randomly. Like the development from four, the exposition from two, the, the coda piano... from three, and uh, not the even piano... <laughs> the piano parts are the worst. Like if you've ever yeah. like sometimes I've been doing that is I've been playing the piano to two and I suddenly go into four because it's like right really similar at some parts. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no. Like that's nope, that's not what the music says. That's not right. the it's just funny in doing that but yeah i uh i like what you said that it should be a choice and the other rule of thumb i use especially when i because there is a tradition i mean honestly if one of my students was auditioning for concerto competition and they were going to play strauss one okay strauss one i would think should probably be memorized like at least a movement if you're Mm going to play one movement Okay, a Strauss one, like the first movement, okay, that should be memorized. Like, we should have done that enough. That's so standard. You don't have to transpose it. It's, okay, that should that should probably be memorized. It's mm-hmm. not really that noty. Not really. Right. You know? So that, I would be like, you really need to do this. But uh, a trumpet player who comes in and goes, I want to do Tomasi, first of all, mm. undergrad, mm-hmm. absolutely not. That would, I would already veto that <laughs> 100%. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'd be like, y- yeah, you can use music. Like, I'd be okay with using music right. because right. my rule is, would I do it? Mm-hmm. Would I, like you said, I, I could do this memorized, but would I, in my heart, would I want to do this? Absolutely not. Yeah, you can use music, and I would fight for that. Is like, what would a professional player do? Exactly, and and so yeah. with this um, requirement, whenever that comes about, that's kind of my thought. Is well, let's just look at what's being done. Number one, what would I do? What what can I, in good conscience, enforce? And right. also, just what are the professionals doing? And that's the rule I follow. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I think for something like Strauss one, for instance, or even for ambitious Strauss two, those. Mm are things that people like to memorize and play memorized. But yeah. beyond that, and maybe Mozart, people are using music, especially if it's newer yeah. works. Oh, 100%. And yeah. that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I, I absolutely, I think so. Like I said, I couldn't even play my own music memorized, and I wrote it. I could, <laughs> I could probably at this point, because I've listened to it and played it so many times, I could probably do like Radiant Dances memorized. Probably. Oh. Yeah. Maybe. At least sections of it. Yeah, I could, I could probably, do that. And, I could do like saga and visions. Ye- memorized. Yeah, some of those things. Um, okay, so the next part of this to anyone who who's thinking about doing this, what are your tips for memorization? Tips for memorization. Yeah. Um, so the the right off the bat is to know the piece so well and by listening to it like a hundred times. Uh, like that, that. Yeah, all the time. All the so time. much. Again, you want to and correct me if you think differently, but you shouldn't go into performances counting rests agreed like you should know what the accompaniment's doing when you come in it's a dialogue agreed and so you should have that kind of knowledge that kind of aspect of memorization um and just by yeah by knowing it by being able to sing it hum it 
anything like that. Um, learn the music yeah. and then figure out the mechanics to put to the music. For me, what you just said is the most helpful thing is singing. I walk around listening to it or in the car or just randomly listening to it and singing along with it. For me, it's not so much it's not so much the notes it's knowing the contour of what i'm about to do because mm. i feel like once you've done it enough that you're about to or you're preparing to do it for a performance the fingers should automatically fall into line because you've done it so many times right mm -hmm. you've done it enough so i i feel like it's just knowing what's coming next and if you can sing it in your head at least for me that's the thing that helps the most is singing and and your fingers will go along with it most of the time right most of the time even with just our three valves like it's just it becomes almost a dance you know as long as you can i'm thinking of the third page sing. of the clear right now and how much time i spent on that one you that's know, the, the a, that's B major a, <laughs> that's a dance if i've ever heard one like yes. knowing like because you we and also how you learn it because you you do it one way you'll never relearn it. Like, if you learn some of those little arpeggios on B-flat side, you're never going back to the F side. I don't... Nope. Ever. F side it's doesn't just exist a... for me on that page. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Not at all. And I, I... That's huge. I did the same thing. Is I just sang it and, like, just fingered it. But I sang it in my head, and I listened to it all the time. And for mm -hmm. some reason, for me, that helped a ton. And then the other thing I said about making, like, a... Like, a physicality to it helped like imagining something or if some people help with like some kind of imagery that mm -hmm. that could be mm -hmm. helpful to them too is like thinking the exact same thing at the exact same part can help connect it to something other than just the ink on the page when that's gone mm -hmm. yeah or if it's like some kind of story or something like that any kind mm -hmm. of quasi mnemonic mm -hmm. device i suppose mm -hmm. yeah. um that's that's my biggest tip Another thing, too, is, I mean, obviously, is chunking, so working in small sections. But mm -hmm. beyond that, um, like, we, we've, have you ever done the game, like, in a large group of people where it's basically Simon says, like, one person plays a note, the next person adds their own note and has to play <laughs> the person. So you get this chain yeah. of notes. Yeah. Um, that's an exercise I like to do. And then after the first time, we talk about the actual process of memorization and how it's not... Like, we as humans can only memorize a certain amount of finite data, like numbers or whatnot. numbers are seven digits, right. Yeah, exactly, because beyond that, we just start losing it. But right. so how we memorize music, which has a whole lot more than seven, is by groupings and patterns. Yeah. So, like, the intro to the first main phrase in Strauss, ba-dee-da-da, -da, right? That's not just four notes. It's an arpeggio, B-flat mm -hmm. arpeggio. Mm-hmm. So mm -hmm. it's like one piece of information. So the more you can see patterns and groupings and things, the mm -hmm. easier that that aspect of memorization becomes. Yeah, I completely agree with you in that. I I'll tell you one thing that never did help me with memorization that they used in marching band when I was in, a, in high school is the like, play a line, turn your music stand around and play oh, it again. Yeah. I'm like, this doesn't help me connect. This makes it like a... And I mean, and maybe it is like a supposed to be a game or a like reward system or like a punishment or like, a, I don't know. That never helped me like that. Never when it was like, oh, I can play it once. Let me just turn around and memorize what it looks like with the back of the stand facing me. Right. For me, that never helped. If that helps our listeners, great. 
But for me, that was not a strategy that helped me connect it to anything <laughs> except like, did I get it right or wrong? That I equate that to you meeting someone for the first time and they say, oh, hello, my name is Ferdinand. And if you're not actively trying to do something, it's gone. Gone. <laughs> I forget the name immediately. Yeah. yeah. Versus actually spending time and, like you said, kind of compartmentalizing that in some way, figuring out, well, F... Ferdinand, this person is a failure, but they also like um, freedom <laughs> and French fries. Fer it's, Ferdinand. Okay. That's what, who was it? Um, <laughs> what, wasn't it Andy Bernard on the office? He's like, I'm going to shake your hand and I'm going to say your name like oh, however right. many times so I can memorize it immediately. And then like, that's what I need to do anyway to memorize people's names. Is that's like, right. The first time I meet them. But then, you know, I've got their name forever. But you're, you're really good with that. So I, I think you would be natural with music memorization as well. Music, it's, it's not, well, like I said, I've only done it once, but, and mm -hmm. I don't plan on doing it again if I don't ever have to. Uh, because, like you said, professional standards with whatever we're going to play. And hey, there are recitals most of the time. I'll do whatever I want to. We'll do whatever mm -hmm. we want to. Right. We make the rules. <laughs> and cause at the end of the day, the question I ask myself is, are, are we more interested in the visual aspect or the audio aspect? Agreed. If you close your eyes, does it matter if someone's using music or not, as long as they play the best they can? Agreed. So, um, but sometimes people need to make things artificially more difficult. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's make everyone memorize. No, and it's also, you know, for other instruments, it's a lot more practical. Pianists, strings, people yeah. that have both hands engaged at a much higher rate. Like yeah. this, this makes total sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, now we have foot pedals and electronic page turners. So I think that's becoming less of a viable, you yeah. know, thing. Yeah. But you're right. The visual aspect, like who, honestly, who cares? Yes. Yeah. Who cares? Unless you're trying to be some dramatic interpretive dancer as you're playing, if that's possible, mm. the rest of us just, we're there for the sound. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I don't think professional pianists are looking at their fingers every single time to make sure they fall in the right spot. So it's not no. like it's not like they don't need to memorize for that aspect. Right. Right. But anyway, uh, I think that kind of encapsulates my thoughts on it. Anything else you wanted to add or is that did we cover all the bases? I think we covered a lot of bases of memorization. OK, well, let us know what you think and uh, you dear listeners out there, what your thoughts on memorization or how you go about it or Maybe the worst memorization disaster that you ever had. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> that would because that would be a, a fun experience. If it was not traumatic, then we'd love to hear about it. Because yes. we've certainly sat through ones that... Oh, the funniest things I think about, you know, memorization fails is that if the student stops... Or, or I say student because I think I've seen it most in students. I've never really been in a performance for a professional like person has ever had to stop i've never oh, been in that situation lucky you <laughs> okay well that's okay well maybe you can't tell that story but i have been in too many situations where students especially pianists have like just you know in a jury have just mm -hmm. totally you know um been under so much pressure that they stop and it's always uncomfortable if they can't finish but it also leads into the like the the thought about just keep going and, you know, trying to finish out as best you can. 
Mm-hmm. Um, usually it's never as uncomfortable as it feels. Like if someone forgets a run or something, if they're an instrumentalist and it's all wrong for a second, but they keep going and catch back in somehow, it's usually not ever that bad either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i i just think about that but yeah no i've never been in that situation with a professional and like i said i don't you probably can't tell that story but um that it's would... just not it's not comfortable no <laughs> to well and i'll say beyond this just as an aside too i mean there's probably a lot of research and theory and things like suzuki method and a lot of maybe even gordon with music learning theory about the importance of audiation and learning by rote and that aspect of memorization but uh we're not going to get into that no i uh no i don't think so no but anyway uh well i think um i think that uh that was a a good discussion and we will be back with more topics if you have topics you'd like us to discuss then uh please let us know we have an email which is something that ferdinand (laughs) knows (laughs) Well, I think you can just do cormotohorn at gmail.com. I think that's the one we use for this podcast. Yes, please. Uh, use that so one. You can email us there or just reach out to us on you know the various socials and whatnot. Because if you listen to this podcast, you're probably connected with us in some way, shape, or form already. Yes, or text us or something. <laughs> exactly. Just, just give us a call. Uh, maybe we'll be recording the next podcast when you call. We can you know put you on the show. Yeah, please call in. So, All right. Well... You all have a wonderful afternoon, evening, morning, whenever you're listening to this. If you're driving, drive safe, and we will see you next time. Bye.